Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. You guys need to check out June's journey. Engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. Where will each new chapter take you? Discover hidden clues and solve a riveting murder mystery. Engage with the brain-teasing enigmas of the roaring 20s and delve into June's quest to reveal a scandalous family secret. You guys, I love getting lost in this world. It's so beautiful and engaging, and I can't wait to unwind at the end of the day on the couch with this game and a cup of tea. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with some samples. You guys, allergies suck and it really sucks when my nose is all stuffed up. I can't do anything. I can't even enjoy dinner because I can't taste my food. I can't work out because I feel so tired and I'm out of it and just forget getting ahead on recording the show because I sound so stuffy. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've honestly been using Claritin D for my allergies forever and it's always been my go-to. I know when spring hits, I won't have to worry about my eyes watering like crazy and my nose running like a faucet. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast. This is Murder with My Husband. I'm Peyton Moreland. And I'm Garrett Moreland. And he's the husband. And I'm the husband. Garrett, what's your 10 seconds today? My 10 seconds today is that I've recently been trying to figure out how to fix things around the house a little more. So I did. It's not that funny. (laughs) With some help, I installed the light in the room that we're currently recording the podcast in. So if anybody needs an electrician, (laughs) do not call me and call somebody else. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Our case sources today are tributearchive.com, ljworld.com, cjohnline.com, and also a TV show that I've never even heard of. It's called Solved Extreme Forensics. So it's an episode on that. Never heard of it. Thought it was pretty good. Our case was suggested in by Summer Arasia on Instagram. So thank you, Summer, for sending this in. The date is January 5th, 2007. It's a Friday in the small town of Arkansas City, Kansas. So not Arkansas. Arkansas City, Kansas. Kansas. Okay. Arkansas City has about 12,000 people in it, and it is near the border of Oklahoma. Jody Sanderholm is a 19-year-old college student attending Cowley College. She lives at home with her parents, as the college is just on the other side of town. She's smart. She was valedictorian of her high school class. She has a lot of friends, she's outgoing, and she enjoys to dance. She's a member of the Cowley College dance team who go by the name of the Tigerettes, which is very common for collegiate dance teams to do. 
The dance team at the college is going to be similar to an NBA or an NFL cheer team, which which is actually a dance team. They perform at cheer and sporting events. They don't stunt or throw girls in the air like competitive cheerleaders, but they do compete at the end of the year at a nationals, which is a lot of time what college dance teams do. Yeah. And I'm only saying this because I was on a college dance team, so I'm going to put some respect on the college dance team. I'm proud of this girl. We've talked about that before, so I kind of relate to Jody in a way. I know how organized and planned out the days are when you are on a college dance team or any college sport in general, honestly. You wake up, you go to practice, you go to class, you go to some more practice, and then you do a game or an event and you go home. Jody's life was also predictable because of her routine. After practice in the morning, she would go home and get her mail, drop it off on the kitchen counter, grab her lunch, take a shower, etc. It was kind of the same thing every day. On this particular Friday, January 5th, Jody's mom, Cindy, who usually always calls her around lunchtime to check in, makes her call. No one answers. Thinking her daughter, Jody, might just still be in the shower, she waits five more minutes and calls again, but to no avail. Around this time, Jody's sister, Jennifer, who is pregnant and expecting to deliver any day, also tries to contact her, but Jody is not answering anybody. Jennifer and Cindy begin to worry. Jody was expecting Jennifer to go into labor any day and wouldn't just ignore her phone calls. Brian Sanderholm, Jody's dad, reassures the family that everything is fine and they would probably all just laugh about it in a couple hours when they figure out what's going on. Cindy, trying but failing to believe her husband, decides to leave work early and go home to check on her daughter Jody. Which, to me, this kind of means that they must check in regularly every day. So I was going to say that it seems like it seems like a lot of stories that we do like this, there is a certain time that they always call their mom or their yeah. dad mm-hmm. or their friends. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. Like, especially for me, I rely on a schedule. I love consistency, mm-hmm. which is also predictable. And so it is that, well, at this time every day, I just call the same person because that's when I check in. Yeah. She rushes home only to pull up and find that Jody's car is not outside. Oh. There is no Mel on the kitchen counter and there is no Jody in the house. Cindy calls Jody's friends from dance team. They all say that they haven't seen her since practice ended, but if they do find her, she's in trouble because she didn't show up for a meeting for team three hours after practice that day. Cindy knows something is seriously wrong. And when Brian arrives home from work, the Sanderholms call the Arkansas City Police Department to report their 19-year-old daughter, Jody missing. And so when they called them, did they actually investigate the case? Or was it another one where they said, well, she's 19, she's on her own, no, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Totally. So they actually investigate because the town is so small. Sean Wallace, who is the police chief at the time, his son actually graduated with Jody. Oh, so he knows her. So he knows her. So, I mean, it, that is a kind of a benefit mm-hmm. of a small town is if you know somebody, you know somebody. And so they took it seriously from the get-go. I'm sure as well they thought, well, how is somebody missing? This is such a small town. Exactly. 12,000 people. Like, oh, that's, that's it? so small. Yeah. Holy crap. He dispatches an officer to the family home who asks all kinds of questions about Jody. They discover that Jody has a boyfriend named David Murringer, who is out of town visiting family in Dallas, Texas. Police get a hold of David in Texas, who claims that he hasn't seen or heard from Jody since the day before. He agrees to come home immediately to help look for her. At this point, Lieutenant Mark McCaslin joins in the investigation for the missing Jody. 
By that night, a full-on search conducted by police is going on around the whole town. Every ditch, every alleyway, everywhere is searched, but no evidence is found. Okay, so what year are we in again? 2007. Okay, so not many security cameras, obviously, and everything. Not then. many, like, yeah. No? Okay. Police then turn to the dance team. Maybe the girls know something more about Jody. When asked if they saw anyone suspicious that day, her teammates tell investigators about a man named Justin Thurber who, quote, was a little creepy. Seems as if he would hang around the dance team, watch their practices, hang out in the parking lot when practice was over. A kind of groupie, a groupie of the dance team, so to say. He didn't really ever talk to him, but they everyone on the dance team, uh-huh. it was like an inside known thing that this guy was creepy and hung around them. So that's who they say. Do you know how big the college is? A community college. Oh, so it's not a university. It's no. a community college. Mm-hmm. He was a petty criminal around town, this Justin guy. But just that, petty crimes. Abduction, not on the list. So cops already kind of knew who this guy was when they brought up his name. It's now 10 p.m. and no one has heard from Jody Sanderholm or found her black Dodge Stratus car. Searches continue as police head to Justin's parents' home where he currently lives as well. So he lives at his parents' home too. Justin claims that he and his friends were taking a road trip that day when their car veered off the road near the Cowley County State Fishing Lake where it became stuck in mud. His dad had to come pick him up after he walked away from the scene, separating from his friends, finding service, and calling him. He was all muddy, and his dad picked him up and took him home. Okay. Jody's father calls the TV stations around 2 to 3 a.m. that night after waiting up and finally just losing it. So think about this. His daughter's missing all day. They've called the cops. The searches are going. They've talked to the dance team. They went and talked to Justin who says, oh, I was going on a road trip. My dad came and picked me up. It's now nighttime and her dad is still just sitting up just waiting. And so finally it hits 2 to 3 a.m. and he just calls the police stations and asks them to air a segment the next morning about Jody's disappearance because he doesn't know what else to do. And he can't sleep. That is so heartbreaking. I can't, I seriously can't imagine the feeling of losing. I can't. We don't have any kids. Yeah. But when we do, I I just can't imagine the feeling of, I know losing a kid. Well, it's just horrible. And it's almost something like that. I can't even comprehend. Yes, exactly. We can't, can't we don't, we don't have our own kids. Totally. Special agent David Deletti with the Kansas Bureau of Investigation just so happens to catch the morning report of the missing girl on TV the next day and calls in his assistance. Wow. The chief, lieutenant, and special agent get together, bring in the three friends who Justin says he was with that night. Because remember, he said it was me and my friends going on the road trip. All three of them deny that they were with Justin that night, just the night before, upset that he had even dropped their name to the police. Justin had completely lied to investigators about his whereabouts and his alibi for that night. Searches continue on, but nothing comes of it. It's now the next day, and Jody has been missing for more than 24 hours. The entire town is on edge, and the entire police department is working the case. I'm going to be a little upset if it was Justin because that just sucks because he was already stalking the team and all this stuff. I know. Police bring in Justin's ex-girlfriend because right now they've cleared the friends that he said was with them. They've cleared the boyfriend. 
And so Justin's really the only guy left that they even have a lead on at all. And there's only 12,000 people in this yeah. town. So mm-hmm. unless someone driving through just out of nowhere was happened like, to do it. Exactly. So they bring in Justin's ex-girlfriend trying to learn more about him. She shows police a small boat dock near where Justin had called his dad from that night. This boat dock was supposedly a place that Justin liked to go a lot. He had even told her once that if he dropped a body off that specific dock, it would never be found. They bring her in and they're like, can you tell us a little bit about him? And she's like, well, he really likes this area, this wildlife area and this specific boat dock. He likes to go there a lot. And he even told me one time, like now that you're, it's a missing girl. He even told me one time if he dropped a body off this, it would never be found. Like in a, just like a normal way or. Yeah. Like like just in a casual conversation. Yeah. No, it said it was just a casual conversation. He just like casually mentioned it. Oh, if I dropped a body, what the heck? Yeah. This area by the dock is called the Caw Wildlife Area, and it is thousands of acres. Police begin searching the area. While searching the area, police also head back to Crawley College in order to search the last known whereabouts of Jody. She had parked her car in front of the auditorium on the morning of the 5th, around 10 a.m., and according to the evidence, or lack thereof, she never made it home, meaning this might have been the last place she's known to be. Investigators discover that there is a security footage camera around the area and request it from the college. So you kind of brought it up. It might not be all over town, but at the college at this time, they did have cameras. I'm also surprised they haven't found her car yet. Mm -hmm. So they haven't found her or her car. Because it's not that big of a town and Mm -hmm. a car is not the smallest thing. So what I'm guessing is people wise, it's not that big, but there were thousands of acres of wildlife in this town. Okay. So I'm guessing that it's kind of more just rural. So there might be a lot of land that she could be at. Does that make sense? And he could have parked a car anywhere. Anywhere. Mm -hmm. Investigators begin dissecting the footage. And when they do, they see Jody pulling into the school that morning and a blue Cadillac that matches Justin's car pulls in right after hers on the security camera footage. Wait, I have a question. Why didn't they try to get this footage earlier? Well, we're only on day two. Oh, okay. So a lot has gone on, and I will talk about that later, how amazingly fast these people went to try to find her, but we are only on day two. So when they see this footage, they discover that this isn't the only time that this happens on the tapes. Police noticed on several different occasions, Justin was driving around the community college, going into the same parking lot around the time that the dance team was there. The problem is there is no body and not enough evidence to make an arrest. Police will have to find more evidence before they even try to confront Justin. Justin was actually out on bond at this time for petty crimes. But the bondsman decides to revoke Justin's bond, which in turn means that police can now pick him up and take him in when before they couldn't because they didn't have enough evidence. And I figured out that I think, well, the detective kind of said that he thinks the bondsman did this because when he found out that he was a suspect in a missing girl, if he did do it, there was no way he was going to get the money. So he was like, I'm revoking the bond. Okay. Police stop Justin on the way home from a bingo game with his mother and sister in the car. While Justin is taken into custody, another team is searching the Thurber's family house, during which Justin's father says that he did in fact pick up his son the night of the disappearance out by the lake because he had been deserted there with his friends. He claims that when they got home, 
Justin threw all of his clothes in the washer and his dad had even helped him wash off his muddy shoes with the hose. So his dad was like, yeah, we got home and his clothes were all muddy. So he threw them immediately in the washer and had me wash his shoes outside with the hose. I mean, that seems a little unnormal to me. When I get home, I feel like... I could be totally wrong, but yeah. I feel like I don't just throw my cold clothes. And maybe if they were like especially muddy, I would. Yeah. But also he's older. And so I think it's weird that the dad was like helping him like, oh, yeah, take your clothes off. Let's get them in the washer. I'll take your shoes out and I'll wash them off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Police seize all of the clothes, his blue Cadillac and Justin's cell phone. Sunday, January 7th. So this is kind of where I'm saying it's only Sunday. And all of this has already taken place. Like they are. That's so crazy. And the funny thing is, is I hate watching CSI Miami because they start the show in, uh, in clothes. Right. And then at the end of the day, they're in the same clothes because they pretend all of the DNA testing and all of everything that happened, happened in one day. They opened and closed a case in one day and it drives me nuts, but we're literally only on day three and they are already collecting this guy's clothes. Like it's insane. That's so good though. It is. Taking charge of my health is all about being super conscious of what I fuel my body with. Whether it's food or supplements, I'm constantly on the lookout for the top choices. And that's why I'm stoked to share with all of you Thorn. Thorn takes a personalized, innovative, and scientific approach to health and wellness with their supplements. They manufacture all their supplements in the U.S. using top-notch ingredients sourced globally. Plus, they team up with leading medical professionals to bring you highly effective nutritional supplements. Whether it's their B-complex, creatine, magnesium, or basic prenatal, Thorn's got all the supplements I need to help promote and maintain my health goals. You guys, I'm actually taking the B-complex vitamins every single morning, and I feel like it enhances my energy and mood especially if we've been eating a little bit unhealthy with thorn we never have to question what's in each supplement because they go the extra mile when it comes to quality manufacturing and ingredients give your body what it really needs with thorn go to thorn.fit slash husband and use code husband for 10 percent off your first order that's t-h-o-r-n-e dot f-i-t slash husband code husband for 10 percent off your first order thorn dot fit slash husband code husband these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration the product is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease all right you guys audible is your one-stop app for all things audio entertainment from bestsellers and the latest releases to celebrity memoirs and gripping mysteries audible's library is brimming with countless genres to love and new discoveries to make Dive into an unparalleled selection of audiobooks and explore exclusive Audible originals brought to life by top celebrities, renowned experts, and fresh voices. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Plus, you can enjoy unlimited access to a growing selection of audiobooks, Audible originals, and podcasts such as with my husband. Honestly, I love Audible because I will get into a story while I'm cleaning or driving. Sometimes I get so hooked listening to a story, I just end up finding new places to clean or just end up sitting in my car, which drives Garrett nuts, but I'm out there sitting there. New members can explore Audible free for 30 days. Also this March through May, let Audible sweep you into a realm of intrigue and suspense with their mystery and thriller collection, featuring exclusive new thrillers from their best-selling authors. Their selection is designed to captivate and surprise. 
ensuring your heart rate remains as elevated as your imagination. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. That's audible.com slash MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. We're jumping into an ad right now and I, no joke, I've had this question I think about it all the time because I hate getting sick. Do you ever wonder why some people just don't get sick? One of the reasons you can help yourself from getting sick is Armra Colostrum. Okay, obviously I had no idea that colostrum is the first nutrition we receive in life and is an exclusive source of all the essential nutrients we need in order to thrive. So what's amazing is Armra colostrum is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses over 400 functional nutrients to strengthen your immune barriers, your body's inside suit of armor, and the first line of defense against harmful particles from the environment that can trigger inflammation and actually make make you sick. I'm not saying that it 100% works for everybody because obviously you never know, but all I'm saying is I haven't been sick since I started taking it. Well, and the science behind it is so cool. Armra colostrum strengthens all four layers of your gut wall where 80% of your immune cells are housed. And it's a rich exclusive source of antibodies that optimize your immune defense during cold and flu season. Plus in clinical trials, bovine colostrum was found to be at least three times more effective than the flu vaccine at preventing the flu. We've worked out a special offer for our audience receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash husband or enter husband to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com slash husband. So Sunday, detectives continue to search the 4,000 acres of the wildlife area. Meanwhile, Justin is denying the crap out of everything in his police interviews. He will not confess to anything. CSI examined the cell phone, sneakers, and clothes that was collected from Justin's family's house and find nothing that they can use. They move on to Justin's car and seem to find no evidence there either. Bummed out, they try a new approach. They go back to the Sanderholms residence, Jody's family, and search the surrounding area. This is when they discover a lone footprint in the mud across from Jody's house near her mailbox. No way. I would have never, see, I would have never thought to do this. Me either. If I didn't find any evidence in the car or his well, clothes. Especially day three. I wouldn't already be like, okay, now let's go on to plan D. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're just moving so fast. Wow. Understanding that this shoe print could literally lead them nowhere. They cast it anyways and take it in. Investigators check the shoe print and compare it to Justin's collected sneakers and think that it's a match. Visibly, it looks like a match. Justin had stood outside of Jody's house recently. A tracking team is sent back out to the wildlife area near where Justin had been picked up that night by his dad, and they find more shoe impressions in mud that visibly looks like a match to Justin's as well. They begin expertly tracking the shoe print through the wildlife area and stumble upon what looks to be another set of shoe prints that is noticeably smaller. It looks as if it was a flip-flop shoe print, which is what Jody was reported to have been wearing the day she went missing. Her dance team friends oh, said she man. left wearing flip-flops. So here's the thing. The police didn't notice these tracks because they brought in an expert tracking team. 
who is able, like our trackers who go mm-hmm. through and find a shoe print and it tells them what direction to go next. And then they find another one and then they find another. One. I think it's kind of creepy that there was a shoe print so close to the house. Mm-hmm. And right? now far away in the wildlife area where he was picked up. Yeah, exactly. They track the prints all the way down to an area near the river, but still no Jody is found. They end up finding over 70 shoe prints in the area that visibly match Justin's shoes. And on their way back at the end of the day, they decide to pull off and quickly search the area that Justin's dad had picked him up that night once again. So they finish tracking all the shoe prints. And then as they're driving back, like they're like, okay, night's over. We haven't found much. Um, We're going to head back. They end up passing the area where Justin said his dad picked him up and they go, okay, let's just pull off and search it again one more time. Let's see if we can find anything here. It's got to be so frustrating for authorities because they know if they don't find any concrete evidence, like this case is dead. Dead. Yes. There was a restroom area nearby where the tracking team notices dirt transfer on the pavement, which cops would have never noticed. So they're like looking at the ground and they notice that there's some loose dirt, meaning that it was carried in by shoes. They head into the women's bathroom, following the dirt transfer into a stall where they abruptly stop in the basin of the toilet. Well, it's not that bad. Okay. In the basin of the toilet. Oh, see guys, he's heard way too many of these stories. He's preparing for the worst. I know. The bottom of the toilet was someone's mail. Like it's not toilet paper or anything. They look down and it's like mail. Oh, but her mail was missing. Yes. They look closer and confirm that it was Brian and Cindy Sanderholm's mail, Jody's parents, that was thrown inside the bottom of this toilet in the wildlife area where Justin was picked up by his dad the same day that she went missing. Holy crap. So I know we're going to get more into it, but his dad has to be involved. Has to be. I mean, I would assume so, but really? I guess we'll see. I would, I would think so. Okay, I'm interested. Let's keep going. <laughs> You're interested? I'm interested in that call. <laughs> okay. So this team calls law enforcement, because they're obviously not law enforcement, who send out a CSI team to examine the area. They dig through the rest of the toilets and find a blue flip-flop and a red Crowley College Tigerette jacket. Oh, man. They dig deeper into the toilets and these are kind of like the toilets that don't flush. It's just like a really deep hole. So it's like a porta potty. Yes. So okay. they, they're just digging crap out of these toilets. Ugh. They find Jody's wallet, her dance shoes, and even her car floor mat in those toilets in the restroom. Even with all of this evidence, police know that they should not prosecute without a body. The search for Jody has turned into the recovery for her body, and everyone kind of knows it. Police contact a search and rescue organization and ask if they can help in the search of the water because they believe that's where Jody's car is. This search team gets into the water with a high-tech sonar scanning system, and as like almost immediately after they pull out in their boat, they find Jody's car in the water. Like it, it wasn't. Wow, it was just so like cool. driven into the water. I think it's crazy that in two thousand and seven. We've had this type of technology. Exactly. And now 13 years later, I can't even imagine what we have now. I'm going to throw in this little tidbit that um, the guy who ran the, because they had to ask like a special search and rescue team to come do this. They didn't do it themselves. And the guy who ran it, his own daughter had been abducted and murdered before. And so then he got into this as a volunteer search and rescue to help when it's needed. 
And then he found her car. Good for him. That's so awesome. Yeah. While all of this is happening, footwear examiners are brought in to fully examine all of the prints that were found, and they positively ID both the shoe prints to Justin and Jody. And while that is happening, a fingerprint is being lifted from the mail found in the toilet that is a match to Jody's, which tells investigators that she had, in fact, made it from the school to her house that day, picked up the mail, but never made it inside to set it down on her kitchen counter, which is why his shoe print is at her mailbox because he followed her. So she was almost home. Yes. He followed her from her college dance practice to her house. She gets out of her car to get her mail and he attacks her. No way. Yes. That makes me so mad. He, she was home. I mean, she was in the driveway. Well, Well, it was like across. So her mailbox was like across the street from her driveway. So she would like pull her car up to the mailbox and then turn into her. Gosh, dang it. That sucks. And while that is all happening, a different set of investigators continue to search the wildlife area where one of them finally tells the others that he's found her. Jody's hand was sticking out of some branches not far off the path. Lieutenant McCaslin approaches the body and calls the police force to, t- to deliver the news. Jody was nude, covered in bruises, and police quickly process and remove her in order to give some respect. Investigators begin lifting hairs and fibers from Jody's recovered car. Out of all of the evidence collected from the car, one arm hair was tested and matched back to Justin Thurber's. So they get this car that's been sitting in the water for four days. It's recovered after four days. They collect hairs, fibers. I mean, imagine what's in this car. They test all of it. They find one arm hair, test it against Justin, and it matches. I don't know if any of our listeners are authorities, but that is, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's just straight mind-blowing. The ME determines that the cause of death was strangulation and blunt force trauma. She was sexually assaulted, and Justin's skin was found underneath her fingernails, which means she fought back, obviously. Once you try Bombas, you'll never look at socks the same way again. They've obsessed over details like foot-hugging honeycomb arch support, anti-blister tabs, and cushioned footbeds that feel like pillows for your feet. Let's not forget their super soft tees and tagless underwear. Bombas has a one-purchased equals one donated mission. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you also donate essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. Today, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. Bombas also offers a 100% happiness guarantee. So whether your socks disappear in the dryer or they become a snack for your dog, they will actually do anything possible to replace it or make it right. They've also got this new Merino wool blend socks that naturally wick moisture and help regulate temperatures perfect for that rainy or unpredictable spring weather. You guys, I love Bombas. I literally wear them all the time. I love that every purchase means a donation to someone in need. And it's not just their socks either. I also love their tees and underwear. They're so soft. They pay attention to details. I just really, really love Bombas. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash husband and use code husband for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash husband and use code husband at checkout. 
When we started podcasting, an online store was honestly the furthest thing from our minds. But now we're selling Murder With My Husband merch, and it's so easy because we use Shopify. And we really do. We use Shopify to sell our merch. I've been using Shopify for years, so it is absolutely amazing, easy to use, so intuitive. I love it. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And it's great because they grow with you. So whether you're just launching your shop or you've just hit a million orders, they are there every step of the way. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. We've actually tried a couple other platforms before we started using Shopify to sell our merch and Shopify is just the best. Um, I've been using it for years, like I've said. And I just love having control over it and being able to do what I want. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash husband. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash husband now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash husband. The analysis of Justin's phone pings is finally sent over and his phone was pinging around the wildlife area that day. Justin followed Jody home from practice that day and when she parked to get her mail, like she did every day, Justin attacked her. He pushed her back into her own car and drove her out to the Kaw wildlife area. He did what he did, which you guys can look up for more detail. It's definitely gruesome. I'm not going into that here. He then disposed of her body and her car, threw some of her stuff into the restroom where he then called his dad to pick him up, told him a lie that him and his friends had been stranded or, according to you, had him help. Oh, I feel bad now. I was completely wrong. Well, I'm it's get- not. I mean, you have to. You. I mean, the police could be thinking yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's no evidence of it, but I didn't even, that didn't even cross my mind. But now that I'm like, he went home and helped him, I could totally see why that would cross your mind. I guess mind. I'm still a true crime noob. <laughs> and then after his dad picked him up the next day, he went and played bingo with his mom and sister. So he just lied. He completely just lied to his dad. Yeah. Then. And then just, the, it just boggles my mind that they just go on. Like, I'm going to go play bingo. Can you imagine him playing bingo after just doing that? I guess I assume because there has been cases where parents help the yeah help the kids. I assume, well, maybe he just told his dad and his dad's yeah. like, All right, let's oh, just. Oh, completely, completely. Yeah. And we do know that it is hard for parents to like, you know, it, it is hard. Could you imagine? You can't even imagine. Also, me like jumping to conclusions like that goes to show you how many times in cases pro- people probably jump to conclusions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And blame people before. We even know. Well, and the thing is, you didn't have the full like yeah, that's uh-huh. obvious. I knew the outcome of the story before I started reading the story. Does that make sense? Totally. Justin is brought to trial on February 2nd, 2009. So two years after there was like a whole bunch of delays like we always see. But he has no chance of getting out of this one. All kinds of evidence is out there to put him away. Good. The jury deliberates for only three and a half hours after a seven day trial before coming back with a guilty verdict of capital murder. On March 20th, 2009, Justin Thurber is sentenced to death by lethal injection for the rape and murder of Jody. Because of this, he sits now in a cell for 23 hours a day, getting out for only one hour by himself because he can't be near people because he's on death row, 
and he's just awaiting his sentence. I didn't know that about death row. It's not like that everywhere. Okay. This is just in the prison that he's in is that way. Is it a state law or is it a prison law? You're not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one because I do know that there's places where death row inmates can interact with other people. But the the detective specifically said that he is in lockdown 23 hours a day, gets out with a guard by himself, doesn't get to interact with people. I'm glad he got caught. That's just absolutely horrible. And especially with the gruesome details of the case, you know, you can look up if you want. It was, it, it was just horrific, completely uncalled. Like it, I can't even wrap my mind around it. And I said this 10 minutes in, I was going to be so pissed if it was him because he was already stalking all of them. Like that just, that sucks. That's just sucks is a bad word to use. It's just horrible. Like that's just, you're just reading my notes line for line right now. I literally said that it was an extremely violent case and that immediately Jody's team knew off the bat that Justin was a creep who stalked them. And he, they, they, that was the first person they said. And if you remember, they said he's a little creepy because they thought he was harmless, Mm -hmm. just a harmless weirdo who just looks at us. Well, and I was going to say that too, but he was doing petty crimes, right? So to jump from petty crimes to something like that, it seems super drastic. Yeah. To torture and kill somebody? It just seems very, very drastic. Yeah. Jody's law was created after all of this, which allows for police departments to get involved earlier in stalking cases, which I I think is great because, like I said, they, they truly just thought he was an innocent groupie who was a little creepy and liked to watch them. But he was literally planning out a murder for one of the girls. It's so scary. I watched the videos of Jody cheering at the games, um, you know, which is like mm-hmm. what I did. And my heart just breaks for her and her family because these stories are about real people. And I truly hope that Jody knows that we, the love that we have for her. So I was just going to say that. I think the reason I quote unquote hate true crime yeah. is because when you're telling these stories, sometimes it's hard for me not to go it's like this, like her parents are still alive. Like these are mm-hmm. real people. Like yeah, that's totally. Just, and that's the hard thing is it's like I am. And obviously we, we're, you're hopefully both. We're both very respectful to. Well, and I think, um, you know, from the beginning of time, there has been a fascination with darkness. There is that there's no denying that the that human brains like are obviously some of us are formed to be fascinated by the stuff, but it doesn't mean that we support or love, mm-hmm. you know, killing or murder or all of that. You know what I'm saying? But true crime is more than just that, right? It's the psychology, psychology behind, behind it. it. It's what the authorities can do and yeah. how they can yeah. measure exactly. DNA and all that. It's and not just the killing. Exactly. And which is why I don't focus a lot of the attention on the killing, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying it's bad to focus the attention on the killing because that is a fascination as well. But for me, it's more of the psychology, which is why we focus on the psychology. But my just thing is, I hope after you guys listen to these stories that you keep positive energy, that you tell your loved ones you love them, that you understand that these are real life stories and that this is horrible things. And you, I mean, for me, whether you pray, you meditate, whatever it is you do, keep these people in your thoughts and prayers. Like we we tell these stories to spread awareness. So now tonight, use it as a positive force. You know what I'm saying? No, I agree. And just again, we wanted to say thank you to everyone who's listening and everyone who's subscribing and leaving reviews. We leave, we read all the reviews. We love them. It really does make Peyton and me extremely, yeah. extremely happy. Yeah. It really does. I wouldn't, I mean, I 
I keep going because of the people, because of you guys. I literally do it straight up just because I love this community uh-huh. that we that we have, and I enjoy doing it with you guys. And hopefully, we can keep growing it. Totally. And that's the story of Jody Sanderholm. All the images will be on our social media. If you want to follow us on there, it's Murder with My Husband. And we will see you guys next week. I love it. And I hate it. Goodbye. Goodbye.